next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to the Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brendan Ertle. Today, I'm here to talk about another loss about our New Orleans Saints, who fell to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football, 37-30. to Of course, before I start talking about the game, I'm going to start off in our division and what our division is looking like today. And today, it's not very good to look at. In first place, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 2-1. and For the first time in two years, since 2018 Week 1, the New Orleans Saints are at the 2 seed in the NFC South, and the Buccaneers are at the 1. They are 2-1. They beat the Denver Broncos 28-10. The New Orleans Saints, of course, fell to the Packers, so they slid to the 2 seed in the NFC. Carolina Panthers actually found their first W with Teddy Bridgewater this week against the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego. And they beat them 21-16. And the Atlanta Falcons, of course, blew another 16-point lead. They fall. They are 0-3. Now, as I switch gears into talking about the game and what went wrong and what we could have done differently, I want to talk about a little bit how I felt after the game. And it was a weird feeling. It was a different feeling than the Raiders game. It was more of, oh, we, we could have won that. Like, we played well. We did some things pretty good. We could have came out of that game with a W if we did some things right. If Taysom didn't fumble, if we did this, this, and this. Penalties were down, but they didn't. Green Bay came out of that game with a W. They looked really good. They looked good on pretty much all level. Coaching, offensive line, defensive line, lots of things looked very good. And with the Raiders game, it just felt like, oh my gosh, we looked just terrible from start to finish. Are we even a playoff team? But this game, I had a sense of positivity after that game because they actually did look okay. And the Drew Brees doubters, I hope you guys are starting to wake up a little bit because after the second half, after he found Emmanuel Sanders for the first time, he started to get a rhythm. I mean, he was out there looking for Emmanuel Sanders the first time. I'm going to go over more in depth what happened with Drew Brees in this game. But Jared Cook left early. But it looked like he was starting to get in a little bit of a rhythm with the offense. And that excited me. And what Kamara did excited me. And I saw a lot of th- positive things in this game that I liked. And yet, we lost. And there was more things that I didn't like. And that's what Sean Payton's going to say as well. There was more things. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is the things we did to hurt ourselves. And the things... The mistakes we made and the reason we didn't win this game. And it's a long list and it's frustrating. My first one is the penalties. The Green Bay Packers had two penalties for 10 yards. They spared us 10 yards all game long and one was a five-yard penalty. The other one was a five-yard penalty. So not huge game deciding things. The Saints, eight penalties for 83 yards that's a full distance to the field. That's a touchdown. They gave up a touchdown, and they lost by seven. Makes sense. They gave up 80 yards of offense. And as it stands, from week three, 
We have 331 total penalty yards. That's averaging more than 100 yards per game. If this keeps up, to beat an opponent, we're going to have to win by at least 10 points each game. We have to spare them 7 because we're, we're going to just get flat out give them 7. And then we have to get a couple more too. We're just giving them free points every game. 100 yards of penalties is literally ridiculous. And it's something we haven't seen from any team really. When you watch the Ravens-Chiefs game on Monday Night Football, they're playing great football. There's no flags in the field. I mean, it's fun to watch. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens struggled, but there's no flags. They're not hurting themselves. They're just playing football. And the Saints are so talented. This is why it's so frustrating. They're so talented at every level that they should be dominating like the Kansas City Chiefs. They should be. There's no reason they shouldn't be. But grabbing, jumping off sides, making dumb plays, that's what's hurting the team. Let me move on to my next point. We put the ball on the ground three times. Luckily, the Packers only grabbed it once, or this game could have been a lot uglier than it was. One, Drew Brees had a strip sack. He Luckily, Andrews Pete picked that up, actually. Zadarius Sith, I believe, punched that out. Deontay Harris, on a kick return, took one out pretty deep, which I'm fine with, but he dropped the football. TJ Gray luckily jumped on that football. There's two opportunities where Green Bay could have had the ball in great territory, and then we look at the Taysom fumble. All momentum's in the Saints, in the Saints' favor. They stop on fourth and one. They have the football with less than ten minutes to go, and they fumble second play, and they give the Packers the wall back at midfield, and the Packers end up getting a field goal out of that. It was a pretty good stop by the defense, but now the Saints are chasing. Now that instead of potentially going down the field and trying to take the lead they're chasing the scoreboard again because they're hurting themselves my next point is third down on both sides the saints on offense were five for 11 so if you think about that the saints had 11 opportunities to extend their drive and they only got to do it five times one which being was a penalty that's not that's not going to happen a lot the Saints cannot rely on penalties to give them first downs. So if you look at it, they got four first downs on third down. It could be Drew Brees. It could be Sean Payton. It could just be the way the play worked out. But on third down, I thought Sean Payton called a very good game. Not very good. He called a good game. But on third down, there were some questionable calls. And I had lots of people talk about the Taysom Hill screen. And yeah, that... that that's a call that usually works for them. It, it does. I mean, have you seen a Taysom Hill screen that didn't work? That that ball that Drew Brees threw to him was way too high. He had to jump up to catch it. And the second he got back got down on the ground, there's people at his ankles. That's just one of the things that we don't really know what's wrong going on with Drew Brees. It is one of the harder throws to fo- throw in football because you're grabbing it and throwing it. You're not grabbing the laces. You're not stepping up. You're not doing anything. You're just grabbing it and slinging it. So could it just been a bad throw? Yeah, it could have been. But it's not something we usually see from Drew Brees. Because if you go back and watch that play, he's grabbing it, throwing it. And if Taysom Hill is grabbing that football in stride, it's a first down and maybe a lot more. It was great blocking. Another play I'm going to talk about is the Alvin Kamara screen. And that had some potential, but they're all over it. They know it's coming. It seemed like at certain points in this game... The Saints offense and game plan was just getting Kamara the football. 
I don't I don't mind. That's not that's not a bad strategy. He's one of the most talented backs, if not the most talented back in the NFL. Give him the football. But you do have other weapons out there. I feel like there's sometimes when Drew's in the back of his mind, he's saying, Okay, I could throw this five, ten yards downfield to Emmanuel, but I know Kamara's gonna be there. I know he's he can make a play. That's a safer thing to do, so I'm gonna do that. These teams are gonna start rallying to that a lot faster because they know that's Drew Brees' security blanket is just dumping it off. And he's very lucky that his security blanket happens to be very, very, very slippery. And it's very hard to bring him down. As we saw on that 58-yard catch and run, that play should have been stopped in the backfield. But Alvin Kamara is just that good and makes something out of nothing. Shout out Eric McCoy. The offense line had a pretty decent game in this as well. My last mistake I have written down here, there was a lot more mistakes. But... I have written down missed coverages, and there's a lot of different things that could mean, and I'm gonna just going to go over a little bit of them. Number one, P.J. Williams, I, I don't know, come on. It's, it looked like cover two when he got absolutely burnt by Alan Lazard, and he, I, I like P.J., I think he's a pretty good player that moved to safety, um, it's a pretty good move for him. But it's just, it was a bonehead play. If you're playing cover two and you are passing your player off to a different zone, you got to freaking make sure that Marcus Williams is over there and he's going to take take the coverage. The, your most important job is not to get beat over the top in that situation. So if you get beat underneath, it's okay. Rally to the pass. But you don't want to worry about passing the deep route off to someone that's not there. And that's kind of what he did. He slowed up. He's like, okay, Marcus is over there. I know he's over there. So I'm going to pass it off to him. And he talked to him after the play. He's like, where were you? But there were other deep routes that were developing on that side that Marcus couldn't leave his side for. He couldn't just leave. And I feel like that's just part of practice and looking at film. PJ's got to stick on him for a little bit longer and not just pass him off to no one. Another player I want to talk about. I hate talking about him like this, but it's Marshawn Lattimore. And I, I don't... If Devontae Adams was in this game, it feels like he would have a pretty good game. Elite level talent versus elite level talent on Sunday Night Football. Marshawn knows the spotlight isn't on him because he's he's guarding an undrafted free agent from Iowa State. But the spotlight will switch on you really fast if you're blowing coverages like he did. A big crab when Aaron Rodgers rolled that pocket and launched it to him. Beat him. He just flat out beat him. And there's not much to it other than that. He just beat him on the coverage. And he got beat again that later that drive on a touchdown pass. And numerous times during this game, Lazard had a huge impact. He had a career high in yards. He had a touchdown. And that's that. Marcus Vanda's scattling didn't really do a lot. But you can't let an undrafted free agent beat you like that. Especially especially when their best wide receiver, one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL, Devontae Adams is out. Aaron Rodgers' favorite weapon. I thought this would be a strength in this game, would be the secondary. Even Janoris. I love Janoris. I think he's played well this season. Too many holdings, too many grabs, and it's going to come down to that. Uh, Later in the game, Janoris had two pass interferences. I thought one was BS. But still, the other one put them on the one-yard line. I don't know why you're grabbing his arm and pulling him down and looking at the camera like he didn't do anything. You did do something. Come on. 
And the last coverage breakdown I need to talk about, it needs to be addressed, is that play-action boot play. And here's why it was so, so efficient. I'm going to explain everything. I've rewatched this game already. I rewatched it right after. It was painful. It felt like I could have told them what to do differently. On that play-action play boot, the Packers definitely, definitely saw something on film. After a play-action pass, they probably saw Cam Jordan, Trey Henderson flying upfield. They're just pursuing, getting the quarterback. That's that's okay. That's good. But that underneath tight end, Alan Lazard ran as well. Cam Jordan, if a, if a guard, if a tackle, if a tight end crosses his face, he needs to chip him. He needs to pretend like it's going to be a pulling guard on a running play. He's got to go make contact. He's got to stop that because that's going to make the play develop. And there's numerous times when that tight end crosses his face and he's he's putting his hand on his shoulder, let him go past. And it's zone coverage. And whether it's Anzalone, Gardner-Johnson, whoever is going to be guarding that flat, they need a second to get out there because they need to play the run first. And that's just how it works. You can hit the tight end in the backfield. At that moment, he's he's kind of a blocker. You don't know if he's going to go out for a route or not. You got to make contact with him. You got to slow up that that route, especially when it's happening to you 10, 11, 12 freaking times. I don't know how many times they ran it. I lost count. But one or two times when he leaks out, it's going to happen. I mean, it's just the NFL's copycat league. But it's something the Raiders did as well. Jason Witten, Foster Morrow, and of course Darren Waller. They're just having these tight ends eat on the Saints because I just lose them. And I thought Malcolm Jenkins had a much better game, but this wasn't his fault. Once again, it felt like the Saints were out coaching this one. Dennis Allen couldn't make an adjustment to that play, and they just ate on it throughout the rest of the night. They had Lazard going the flat a couple times with that route as well. They couldn't stop it. I mean, it was a free 10, 15 yards every time they ran it. I know it's lots of negatives this week, but it's something that needs to be addressed. But I want to talk a little bit about the bright spots in this game and what we can look on to improve. Is the season over? No. Stop saying it's over. Is Drew Brees washed? No. Chill out with that. Let's talk about some positives that I got out of this game. First off being, they played the Green Bay Packers who are playing the best football in the NFL. They could have won. They could have won this game. And the Saints are not playing Best, the best football in the NFL now. They're playing borderline playoff football. Barely. I mean, barely. They're not even a playoff team right now in my mind. I think they will be. I think they'll turn it around. But they p- played a team that's Super Bowl contender right now very, very well. If I told you the Saints had eight penalties for 89 yards, three fumbles, 5 for 11 on third down. Drew Brees wasn't very efficient. Alan Lazard had 120 plus yards and a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal game. What would you predict the score was? 30 to 10? 40 to 10? It was 37 to 30. They were right there. They just hurt themselves way too much to win this game. And that's that's a fact. So one of my positives is just... They put themselves in the position to win this game, actually. They played pretty well. Their offensive started to get a rhythm, and no one wanted to admit it, but Drew Brees was actually starting to sling it a little bit. He still didn't take the shot, though. He had had opportunities to take the shot. He had opportunities with his fullback. He had opportunities with the tight end, Emmanuel Sanders. 
it, it was there. He just didn't sling it. And as, as a product of, you know, the person to your left or right in the flat, it's an easy throw. As an NFL all-star, he's a pro bowler. He's an all-pro, and that's Alvin Kamara. And he proves it play after play. That dumping off isn't always a bad thing. And I know fans will be like, oh, why are we doing this again? Why, is, Drew, is Drew arm hurt? Why does he keep doing this? It's because there's an NFL All-Pro to his right who is playing MVP caliber football right now. Who is playing 100% healthy and has already matched his touchdowns from last season. He's playing out of his mind. Alvin Kamara with that million dollar smile. I would keep giving him the football as well. And that's my bright spot for the week is Alvin Kamara. Now, as I'm looking for other positives in this game, can't really find a lot. If the Saints would have somehow came back and won this game, if Taysom didn't fumble, if they went down and finished this game off, if the defense polished this game, won it for the team, might be a different story. But even then, they didn't do a lot of things good in this game. They improved upon last week's performance against the Raiders. They still weren't good enough. Even Cam Jordan said, I'm not blaming Drew Brees. I'm blaming the defense. Look at us. Look what we've done. Not much. And you can't even take next week lightly against the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford. They can slant. They got Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. They got some weapons. And I mean, as it stands right now, if NFL draft was today, I know this is a huge overreaction, but the Saints would have the 10th pick. And that reflects their play. Teams who have the 10th pick aren't good football teams. The Saints are not a good football team right now. They're not. And I hate saying that, that they're not a good football team, but they're not. And the positive thing about this is that they can fix that. Like a, like Sean Payton said, they are not the Cincinnati Bengals. They have the personnel to be successful. They have the personnel to win a Super Bowl. They just got to put it together. They got to play well. They got to come committed each and every single week and not take a team lightly take pride in playing clean without penalties. I know refs can be refs sometimes, and those refs were not good in this game at all. But now we have a reputation of holding, grabbing PIs, and we always have. That's always been a reputation because, frankly, we've we've had some bad secondaries that have done that, yes. And there were some bad calls in that game, but there were some calls that we deserved. Malcolm Jenkins' horse collar is one that we did not deserve. And you flip to the other side... Mercedes Lewis potentially passing interference pushed off, but you just can't rely on those things. You got to play good football. This next game is a must win. It's almost a playoff game for the Saints. It's going to set the tone for the rest of their season moving forward because these three, four, five of their next games, if they don't win, I, I I'm just I'm going to lose confidence because these are teams that are struggling right now. The Chargers, the Panthers, the Lions, the Bears, who are three and zero but have played like 0 and 3. And it's just how the NFL works. You got to come out you got they got to find a way to win these next 4 or 5 games and they got to look good doing it. I'm not saying just win 30 to 35. I want to win by 10 15 points and nonetheless no penalties. One or two penalties like the Green Bay Packers, two penalties for 10 yards. That's how you win football games. You don't hurt yourself. You let your talent and professionals and coaches win you these games now later on in this week i'll be previewing the lions game and that'll be up later this week but i hope you guys enjoyed this episode it's frustrating to do these episodes but 
it is what it is, and the Saints are 1-2, and two, and moving forward, they just got to be better. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Brennan Earl. Hit me with any questions. Give the podcast five stars. Subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode. You can find all of our stuff at SB Nation, Canal Street Chronicles. We got some great people over there. Go check us out. Again, I'm Brennan Earl. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace and love. Who dat? Let's go. We on the road. The next stop. Don't we know that?